Stephanie J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Vegas studio. Both of us are in the Vegas studio. What's up? Yeah. yeah. Just like old times in person. If you are a newer listener, you might remember that we refused to do any uh, recordings on Zoom (laughs) from 2018 to early 2020. And then we... You know, even through the pandemic, we still did in person decent and then we just, then we stopped. Yeah, then we stopped. But we broke our own rule. But that's okay. We're allowed to break the rules. Other people still have to be cool in our friend. Yeah. True. And local <laughs> to one of us, even though we've uh, broken that rule. Um, <laughs> so, you know, none of these rules. Actually, I want to talk about this. I A couple of things have come up lately, and I am here in Vegas. Originally, you and I were going to go somewhere else because we were like, oh, let's get out of the bubble. And, um, but you had some family stuff come up and we decided to just keep it local. So I flew out to Vegas and we're still, our plan was a girl's weekend. Yep. It wasn't really a working weekend. It was just for girls weekend. And, um, we were going to go to a spa. And so we just went and I was so excited because I was like, yes, I never do that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And that was one thing and just realizing and, and really just talking through the utility of taking time mm. and, you know, doing things like that me time or even though it's expensive and it's, you know, it's a lot, but it's also really important for productivity. But the other thing was I listened to Danny Coleman's most recent podcast. Well, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. Take Care Radio. Shout out. Danny Coleman has now been on the podcast as a guest five times and his episode was about this phenomenon because he works with coaches. And obviously one of the biggest, most important things for coaches is this, um, the value of listening and the skill of being able to be an active listener. Mm. And his point was that we're getting worse as a society with listening and presence. Mm. And he was like, and in the episode, he was like, you know, this is really hard because as coaches, oftentimes we want to jump right to take away someone's pain or we want to solve the problem or we want to, so we'll almost be waiting for them because we're like, oh, I've seen this before. I've heard this before. And we kind of jump in before we listen to someone and really understand. And so one of his things was, you know, really practicing the skill of presence. And I feel like it's so easy, especially because people like you and I, and maybe some people listening, we work on our phones. Yeah. You know, and so there's this thing where we go, well, you know, sorry, but I need you on my phone. Or it's just like an easy sort of um, excuse to check out of conversations sometimes. Yeah. But this goes to a larger issue around so many different things. But especially in romantic relationship and in friendship, presence is one of the greatest gifts you can give to your partner or to your friend. Yeah. I have so many thoughts, things that I didn't think I was going to think of. Um in regards to this, because you brought up work and coaching, uh, there I almost lost out on a client once because of this. It was last year, actually. We were on a Zoom, and I was taking notes um, as she was talking. 
And so like, because I wanted to be present, but I wanted to not miss anything so I could, cause I have a tendency to go, I don't know any of you with ADD or get distracted. You might think of something, but you don't want to interrupt. So you were like, I got to write it down. And so I was writing some things down and I had it on my screen on the computer, also looking at her on the computer. And then there was a time where it was covering her face. And so I just put it like, put the notes on my phone and I wrote a few things and she actually reached back out to me and she said, Hey Danny, um, I don't want to work with you because I felt really, uh, I don't know exact words, but basically she felt dismissed because she was sharing some really vulnerable things with me. And she's like, you seem like you were distracted. There was something else going on on your phone. And I was like, oh my God, I sent her a screenshot of all the notes. I like literally wrote down almost everything she said so she could see that I was, I was like, I was taking notes. I'm so sorry. And so I, this was a big lesson for me was that in a lot of my coaching calls, today I do take notes and I'll usually tell the client I'm like hey I'm going to be taking notes while I'm talking to you and sometimes I'll even share the screen so they see what I'm writing as I'm writing it just so it's not like really Mm. weird or off-putting and I also try to make it so the screen's like there and not off to the side somewhere but it was a big wake-up call to me to how that could come across to someone how when they're sharing something vulnerably when we are looking distracted or looking and so she ended up working with me but it was I felt like a gut punch when she said that because I was like, wait a second, was I doing something? Was I on my phone? And I'm like, no. And I go, wait a second, my, my freaking notes. So all that to say, imagine that happening too in your relationships, in your friendships. Totally. And this is, it's so easy. It is so easy to pick up your phone during so many different things. And it's just such a, it's become a habit for me. And I, I like really have to work on this myself. And years ago in my marriage, like around 2013, I remember my ex-husband complained about me always being on social media and I'm like, but I have to work. I have to answer these comments. And so it felt like it was an excuse of, well, I'm working though. And so it's allowed, but there needed to be some boundaries in place of when does work end and when does it get to stop? And so I like this conversation because I do think that we have gotten worse. I, I personally have gotten worse and Same. I even notice I have a hard time with interrupting people and I really have to, I really check myself and there's so many times I get so mad at myself. I'm like, fuck, just wait till they're done. But I also often feel like if I don't say something, I'm going to forget it or it's going to, lo- you know, it's going to slip away and it's something I actively work on. And I think all of us have gotten to a point, to some extent, some kind of ADD because of this whole like constant moving and constant changing. And so I think ADD is almost like uh, across the board. We all have some levels of it today, but it is something that really can make or break relationships. It can feel like when you're not feeling, when you don't feel like someone listens to you, it does a couple things. One, it makes them feel like they cannot continue to trust you or continue to bring things up because they're like, she's not paying attention anyway. Um, Two, it just completely obliterates any connection you can have. And it can make you feel even lonely in a relationship. You know, you can feel, you can be with somebody and just feel like they don't get you and they don't know you. And I was listening to some video on relationships recently and it was this idea that let's say you have a problem in your romantic relationship and the person says, well, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Because if I knew I would be able to like help you through it. But actually, a lot of times people won't tell you because they think you already don't understand. So they're Mm. like, I'm not even going to bother sharing it because they don't understand. So it's almost this weird, like, you have to understand someone first to get them to open up. 
But if they don't feel understood, they're not even going to open up to begin mm. with. And so being somebody who can listen can be such a gift to a relationship, but it definitely has to be more practiced and more. We, I really think all of us, and I'm raising my hand the highest here, could be better at being more present and being better listener. I totally agree. And I think in a romantic relationship, especially it's, I think there's a stat that we like, we literally touch our phones like like over a thousand times a day because it's kind of like, if there's any lull, I mean, think about it. You go to the, I was just in the waiting room at a doctor's appointment last week. And I literally, you're just on your phone. The entire, you look around the room, everyone is on their phones all the time. And it's not, and this isn't like a, a better than thing. I'm not saying we shouldn't be on our phones, especially if you work digitally or work, you know, you work remotely like we do. But you also have to, and that's why I kept saying it's a skill, you're, you have to make even more of an effort to be like, this is not phone time. You know, yeah. Keith and I have had those conversations sometimes where he's just like, you know, I'm trying to practice like just not being on my phone after eight o'clock at night, or I'm just trying to like put it downstairs, or I'm trying to like go on a walk and not bring it, you know, and just like some of these small things just to get used to not having it as a crutch. Like, I don't think someone's doing it to be um, purposely you know, um, what's the word like, like it's dismissive or ignoring you. I don't think it's purposeful. I just think anytime there's a lull in the conversation, it's just like, that's what we do almost like a security blanket. And it's so easy to do. I remember early on because smartphones were so different that when I got my first smartphone in 2010 and my husband at the time did as well, you didn't know to have boundaries around it. And so we would just literally go to dinner and not talk to each other and just be on our phones all of the time. And the, the person who was on it the tiniest bit less would say, hey, like you're on your phone too much, right? But then like that person's on their phone too, but they're on the phone a little bit less than you. So you're like, well, I guess you're right. But it's so easy to just fall back into that pattern. And it's also hard when you're in a, even if you're having a conversation with someone, either that you're in a relationship with or even a friendship, even when you and I were dating, right? Like how distracting would it be if like you're trying to tell, like talk and they're like on their phone or like they're dismissive or they're looking for the server and you're like, should I just go fuck myself then? Like, okay. But when you're in that position and then the person you're talking to is on their phone, you almost want to be like, well, fuck you then. I'll be on my phone. On yours, exactly. But then you, that's not really what you want yep. either. Yeah. You know? And so how do we deal with the fact that for a lot of us, most of us, our attention span is seemingly so much less, just more because we have probably just more because we have access to many different things to occupy our time. Yeah. You know, I'm sure like a generation before us, which is like sit quietly on the couch or something, <laughs> you know, like when's the last time you ever did that? What did they do? I would be like, what are you doing? Well, I want to just acknowledge that thing, which is if someone else is doing it, then you do it. And then it turns into your both. It's I've been there so many times where I, I've made a conscious choice. I'm like, I'm not going to bring my phone out. I'm just going to put it face down. I'm going to ignore. And then the person I'm with is on theirs. And I'm just sitting there staring, kind of hoping like, Hey, motherfucker, look at me. Right, like notice that we're not <laughs> talking anymore. <laughs> yes. And then they're not. So then I just grab my phone and I just start scrolling. And but then, that's not what you want to be doing. And then they may put theirs down and look at me and I'm just like kind of in the back of my mind, like, fuck you, I'm going to do this a little bit longer before I, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it turns into this, um, passive aggressive game. And then, then you feel like you can't even say you're on your phone. Stop doing it. Cause you were on yours. Too. <laughs> totally. It's awful. It's awful. And it's, it feels like this no win and it almost has to come. It almost like you have to have conversations around it of, Hey, this is how I feel. This is when I feel like, like I have to also be ready to give up what I want to, right? Like if I want presence, I also need to be able to be present. 
Mm-hmm. And it's tricky because I feel like we always think there's, we are somehow an exception. Like, oh, I just checked it for five seconds. Oh, I just looked really quick. And you're like, yeah, but you did that like eight times. So maybe I was over here scrolling for a while, but I was done in two minutes and you picked it up five times during the hour. And that felt, you know, really dismissive. dismissive. Yeah. I remember even when that happened uh, early on in my marriage, I remember Jade saying to me like, hey, or like saying to both of us, like he didn't just say it to me. He was yeah. like, he's like, hey, like, we're, have you noticed that we're doing this? Mm. And I was like, not really. But now that you say it, yeah. And yeah. that's not what I want either. You know, so I think it's important to practice. Um, and also for someone whose love language is also quality time, which mine is, it can really feel extra dismissive when you're like, Hey, I don't need your time all day, but I do need like 20 minutes once a day to just be like, what's up? Like, how are you? How was your day? What are you doing? What's like, let's catch up, you know, and like not be on our phones. And I don't think that's a lot to ask. And, and, you know, I do think Keith has been doing this. We've been doing this new thing. Um, and it was his idea actually probably like a month ago. He was like, you know, I was thinking about it. He was like, why don't we like just once a week have like 15 or 20 minutes where we just talk about us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would love that. You know yeah. me, I'd be like, let's talk all day, every day <laughs> right. about us. But, um, and I think that was good because, and then I was like, okay, but also I don't want to be the one initiating it because then all of a sudden it feels like I'm a nag or I'm the one who's like, Hey, remember about our time today? And then all of a sudden it feels like, uh, you know, like I'm initiating all this stuff. So I said, are you going to initiate? I was like, I love this idea, but are you going to do it? And he goes, yeah, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And so he has like the last like three weeks or so he's been like, what are you doing tomorrow after noon? And I'm like, Oh, I'm done at four. He's like, well, do you want to ever talk then? I'm like, yeah. So it's been like different every week because he works just different schedules, but it's like, even that even a tiny bit. It's not like you need a ton of presence all the time. Cause that would be hard for e- anybody, yeah. but it's like, what are our boundaries around the phone? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the follow-up question, what you started the podcast with is this work-life balance. Is there even benefit to having times where you're not on your phone doing work? Could mm-hmm. you actually have more success and be more productive if you took 30 minutes away or you were like, I'm not going to look at my phone after eight. Like, isn't that a good practice and just like boundaries and recharging your cup, your energetic cup, your mental, emotional cup. So that when you get back to work, you're hyper-focused versus it feeling like this very like low level of attention all the time that's pulling at you probably increases anxiety. To me, when I have boundaries in place, I'm like, I'm not answering anything after 8 PM. It gives me a lot of freedom. What's really tricky though, is sometimes not checking is what's giving people the anxiety. And so it's almost like this, uh, chicken egg situation of I'm putting my phone away. No, I'm not going to touch it. But then I'm like sitting there thinking, what if I got a DM? What if I, it's like, and it's like, why is that? Why is it causing so much anxiety to miss something? Cause it's like, what are we missing? It's this, uh, FOMO of everything, except it's overstimulation and I think it requires a level of, honestly, of training and pushing through the discomfort until you get to where you're like, I don't even want to look at it at this time anymore. Like, I want to put it away. I actually was traveling with this girlfriend. Um, her name's Regina. And we were, I've gone out, I went to a girls' week. I met her through another friend. We had a girls' weekend. And so she was invited by someone else. And we just were at Hair Love Retreat together. And we go get coffees and stuff. And she would just leave her phone, like, at the 
cabin or something. And we actually stopped in a city to go grocery shopping and we kind of split up and I lost her. And I was like, shit, I need to text her just so I can find her in the grocery store. And she didn't have her phone. And it was, it was like, why don't you ever bring your phone anywhere? But it was so, it was interesting to me. And I was inspired in a way that she could just leave her phone in the car. Cause I was like that just the thought gave me anxiety that it's just not in my hand or in my pocket or with me. But I was going, you know, before we had these, we wouldn't bring them everywhere. Like we did not have a tracking device on us at all time, uh, at all times. And while I'm not ready at the point where I will just leave my phone in the car when I go to the grocery store, it was inspiring to see that somebody can do it. And it was really interesting that we're, there were so many times we went to get coffee in the morning and she didn't have her phone with her. And to your point earlier, it's just this habit of like, when we were waiting on the coffees, I just totally. looking at my phone. I'm like, well, what am I doing while we're waiting? I'm just going to stare. And it's like, you know, she just, she just stand there or just talk. And I'm like, oh, I guess even these moments that don't feel like you need to be present, you can be. Mm-hmm. And we could all we could all make moments where we tend to just use those moments as waiting around for the coffee or waiting, you know, waiting for your order to be done. Like, how about we do talk to each other or just practice sitting in the silence. And I think it's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and not having something to distract us. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. And I don't, I don't know what the solution is outside of just practicing and doing it because I really think it's super damaging to a lot of things. Like, like I said earlier, I almost lost a client because of it. Um, I've definitely like relationships have suffered because of it. There's definitely been arguments because of it on my side and the other person's side. Um, there's times where I've been mindful of it and there's times where I've just not realized how bad that I have been. And you know, there's things like screen time and you see that, but I even, I remember there was a minute where I did the whole think you can like lock certain apps after a certain number of hours but then you just snooze it it was like I'm like I'm just tricking myself it's like my snooze button when I think I'm going to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and I hit snooze four times I should have just set it for 9 30 but I hit snooze and same thing was happening with the apps it was like not to look at Instagram and I just snooze it and look anyway so you really have to be so disciplined and intentional with it and also be just highly aware and it is something we never had to deal with before. You know what I will say, you know, you, I'm at your place right now and I came yesterday and we had a lot of good conversations last night and like, you know, it wasn't like it was like that's really what I miss about not having you around all the time now too because we would go on walks and like not look at our phone the whole time, you know, cause we were just talking and we were and like, that's how we were like last night, just having conversations. And it's not just the phone. It's really just 
is the person listening to you? You know, and that was what Danny's podcast was about because I think you and I have both been, when we were dating, we'd both go on dates and we always laugh that, you know, we get to the end of a date and, and a guy would be like, this is the best date I've had in forever. Like, want to do it again? I'm like, of course you had a good fucking time. I just asked you about you the whole time. You'd never asked me one fucking question about myself. I could have literally been anybody. And so I think, but that just also speaks to the loneliness of people. The fact that like the second they get someone's attention, they don't want to give the other person any attention because they're just like, so that was what Dan said in the podcast. He's like, I don't know if it's because when we finally do get attention and someone is listening to us, we don't want to flip the script back on them because we're like, ah, like not obviously consciously, but it was like, it just spoke to how much maybe these guys either were just selfish as hell energetically and like want to talk about themselves or were just like straight up lonely and hadn't ever had a woman ask about what they do and like, oh, that's really cool. Tell me about that. You know, and I was, I mean, you were both the same. I would be like genuinely curious. I went on a date with a guy who was like, he was like an NFL cameraman or something. And I was like, that's really cool. So what do you do? Like, and I ask like actual ask questions. And so I think we notice when someone is super zoned in when they're talking. And then the second you try to be like, oh my God, the same thing happened to me. And their attention just goes somewhere else. You know, whether they're like, oh, let me get actually like they go and like, you know, get the dog or they like just something or like, oh, do you want another drink? And I'm like, wait, what? And I've been noticing that a little bit more too in some of my personal relationships. And it's just, and it's also just a cautionary tale to myself to like not do that too. You said something that really just made me go, wow, which is the loneliness. And it's like, you don't want to give it back because you're finally getting that attention. There's been, I've been seeing so many stats on loneliness. Jeff was been, has been working on a book called The Lying Lonely Loser's Guide to Winning. And he has this theory that we tend to lie because we're lonely. And so we want to show up in a certain way because people, maybe the real us isn't good enough. So you lie because you're lonely to get attention, to get people to pay attention to you. And then you end up losing out once you get found out or you're not, or people like you for the fake you and you end up feeling really lonely. And so his whole philosophy is just, you know, being able to be authentic. And, but I, during this, like working on this book, he's done a lot of research and we watched a lot of videos on loneliness and there's, there was a study. I don't remember what school it was out of, but they said that loneliness is like an epidemic and it's the same as for your health as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. And that since the pandemic, it's increased exponentially because people haven't left their homes and they're not connecting with people as much. And for men, even more so, because they don't tend to talk and go out or say that they're lonely. And it's also something so embarrassing for people to say, I feel lonely. It feels really, really vulnerable. And so your point of maybe it's just the fact that no, to have someone finally listen, it's kind of like, oh my God, give like, it's like uh, somebody dying of thirst in the desert and you're giving them a glass of water and they're like, oh my God, just like give me all the water. Maybe a big part of it is that the tricky part is though, being on the opposite side and being able to reciprocate and allow, like allow other people to feel that too. Do you think people are genuinely not interested in other people? No. Because well, I find you, I mean, like, I look at, like, I look at you. There's some people I'm not interested in. Well, some in. of the people who, in my life, who, like, are really close friends to me, like you and Danny Coleman and Shantae and, you know, um, you know, some of my other friends, they're very emotionally generous 
like, I feel like you are always really curious. You're always asking questions. Danny Coleman, always locked in, like always just like asking about you. So I feel like I feel really lucky that I have those people in my life. I just wonder, like, are other people just not interested in other people's lives? Because they go, well, it doesn't really pertain to me or why would I care? It has nothing to do with me. But then they want attention when it's on them. (sighs) To play devil's advocate, because I'm thinking about some people who are so uninteresting. <laughs> some, I, I think there is a, there's also a way to be self-aware enough to know how to tell a story and to make it relevant to other people. So there's something. Yes, that's that a good point. I used to, um, one of my mentors, he said, people are always tuned into the radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me? And so I always share like in business and you're, when you're sharing stories on social media and you're trying to, let's say, sell you are sharing a story that is relevant to the audience and like it has to be somehow flipped back so it's relevant to them. Otherwise, it just feels like, why did I listen to that? Why are you telling me this? And I think it's really important as someone who is just in conversation that we be self-aware enough to be curious about other people's stuff, recognize when we've only been talking about ourselves and also wonder if it's interesting or relevant. Like read social cues. Yeah, I do have a half-sibling who... I feel like has no social cues, constantly talking about himself. It just feels like he's must be super lonely, just talking into the void. And I'm like, does he even know? And I'll, and I'm one of those people who is polite and I will listen, but it's, Oh, you're, my, you're like too polite to my own detriment. Like you'll literally meet someone <laughs> like random at a party and they'll have you cornered yeah. telling you their life story. And I'm like, is that your friend? And you're like, I just met her five minutes ago. <laughs> Because you do give people attention and you do, you are present with people and you're not distracted. And I think that that's why people are always so drawn to you. Like they're like, this is the best date ever. You're my best friend. This is amazing because you, you are a great listener, but you're also genuinely interested like in knowing about that something, you know, I will say I've learned a lot about fires. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I was interested. I'm like, that's really interesting. Now, not every single thing, but especially when we first started dating, he wanted to talk about it a lot because that was what he was really passionate about. And I was like, oh, like, I didn't know any fucking thing about it. You know, now I'm like, okay, I get it. But like, you know, it's, it's so, I think that you can always learn something from somebody, yeah. you know, if you, but you have to be open to it. You can't just automatically turn off and go, well, this really isn't, has anything to do with me. So, yeah. because how, how would that, you also have to really like, how would that feel for you? That's exactly it. I was just thinking, um, you know, Jeff's parents were here a couple of weeks ago and it's not even just his parents. I feel like it's anybody in this age range. They'll often repeat themselves. They'll tell stories and you already the heard same it. story from like 20 and you're years like, ago. Yeah. You know, I've already heard this before, but just acting genuinely interested. And I'm like, you know, this is, I feel like I put, I try to put myself in their shoes and I'm like, you know, they really want to be here. They're very excited to be with us yes. and to hear yep. things. Yep. And so sometimes I'm just like, it, would it hurt any of us just to be a little fakely curious? That's not really a word, but just to, pretend to be interested for the benefit of the other person, not necessarily because you are interested, right? but for the benefit of them to make them feel good. It's kind of like the love language thing. Like maybe my love language isn't gifts, but I know this person is. So I picked you up a flower or something like that. And I think that's another piece of 
the listening puzzle and the presence puzzle is maybe you don't give a shit. Maybe you really don't care what they're saying, but you're doing it for the benefit of them and the benefit of the relationship. The relationship. Yeah. For sure. No, this is such a good one because it does pertain to work, like from the productivity side. We've done whole episodes on like energy management and taking downtime and trying like, you know, time management, energy management, but then also just this idea of reciprocating energy. And then, you know, asking yourself, like when people are like, Danny's the best, I love hanging out with Danny they don't realize that the reason why they love hanging out with you is because you are present you know so then it's jokes what's that because I laugh at their jokes you do laugh at (laughs) you laugh at anyone's jokes but that's the thing is like we have to realize that like that's why we love hanging with this person because they do listen they do ask questions they are genuinely interested they you know and it's like cool if you get that from them why not Mm. do that for someone else to your point even if you're not genuinely interested every second, but you care about the person Mm -hmm. and you also care. And this goes back to the original thing we were talking about, which is it's a sign of respect. Yeah. You know, it really is. If if like you're talking and the person looks away, the second you start talking about your stuff, you're literally like, I will go fuck myself now. Like it does, it feels that dismissive that you're like, I, this person isn't interesting to me. Like Danny Coleman actually said on his podcast, he was like, you know, I started asking myself like, my jokes getting old? Like like, my jokes not even good anymore? Because they start questioning you. You're like, God, am I really, am I boring? You know, is this person? But then it's like, well, so for the sake of, I loved how you said for the sake of relationship, you know, like you might have to hang in there a little bit longer than would maybe be your natural tendency. And I I think it's also important to have the conversations that are, and we, I kind of mentioned this um, on a few episodes back when I was talking about Lisa and Tom Bilyeu about what's important. So if you need to have a conversation, an important conversation with a partner, there's been times with Jeff, I'm like, Hey, I need to talk about something. Like, can we not have any phones like this? I need you locked in where sometimes it's like, He's doing something on his phone and I can see he's doing it. And I just have to, I'm like, Hey, I need this done. You know, I know I can kind of interrupt what he's doing with a random request. Like, Hey, can you take out the trash or whatever it is? But there are times where I'm like, I need to have this with you. And I don't, I don't want to feel like I shared something and you missed it. I'm like, did you hear what I just said? Right. So sometimes we have to ask for that because it can inadvertently hurt us. We feel like we were dismissed. We feel like our jokes are getting old. We feel like, <laughs> and we didn't, and we didn't share with the person that, Hey, it's kind of important, even if it's small, like it's kind of important that I just know you hear me right now instead of maybe interrupting that. Cause it can also be like, Hey, I was doing something on my phone. I was working. You're interrupting. And so I'm kind of ignoring you to tell you, like, don't interrupt me while I'm working. That's been an unspoken thing that I've done too. And so just being aware of all of it, like, how are you? portraying what you're doing how are you showing up how do you feel when things are done to you and how would you like to feel and then and then make decisions around that and I will say I have really enjoyed the few times where we've gone camping and there's no service the first like 20 minutes I'm like massively anxious because I'm like what if right that thing of like what if I miss something what if someone sends me a dm what if you know and then because I'm like okay I'm gonna be in this campsite for two days someone could dm me in the next hour and then i won't get back to them for two days and they think they think whatever they're going to think about Mm -hmm. other like but then it's actually really nice there is something interesting with that like when we were in greece and i still had phone service but the time zone i'm like nobody's awake we're on completely opposite so when you travel there is that first little bit of anxiety and then you're just like i don't need to deal with this and then it just it's almost because it's so much out of your control 
you're kind of like, well, there's nothing I could do anyway. And so then the anxiety goes away. There's, there's definitely something there about the anxiety things bring when we feel like we constantly have to be checking and looking and, and on top of things. And the only thing I have to say for that is like to practice putting things away and, and getting, yeah, boundaries and, and just practice being uncomfortable and pushing through that anxiety. I also think it's okay for people to not get a response at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're just teaching people that like, I mean, I'm at the point now where like, I'll even read it, you know, or I'll like even show that I've read it, but I won't respond to the morning. Cause I'm like, I'm not working right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my phone, I'm scrolling or whatever, but I'm not working. And there's something nice about not, not training people that you respond right away. Yeah. And I don't mind when that happens to me either. Right. You have to be, you have to be cool on both sides. Speaking of, you sent me a text the other night, like nine 45 and I was shocked that you were awake. <laughs> I know Keith has been home. I was like, "What is she doing?" Because of the eye, I I always think you're in bed by eight. So, yeah, because he had the eye surgery, he's out of work. So I tend to stay up later when he's home. But I, I didn't like it. I didn't like that I was awake at that time. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa!" Wait, I looked at the time. It's like nine forty-five. I go, "What is she doing up?" I know. I don't know what I was doing. Well, I think it's a good conversation. I mean, it's definitely interesting too how we brought up uh, that we've gotten worse and. I, I think a lot of coaches, we could all do better in our relationships, in our work, and it is a skill and it is a practice to to work on. And even if it means like biting your tongue or taking notes on something or putting leaving your phone in the car, I'm not ready to do that. Like I said, that, <laughs> like that gives me anxiety. I'm like, what if, what if, one, I have to use my phone to unlock the car, so I don't know how I do that, but... It's uh, it's a goal of mine to take it with me less or to leave it places. So anyway, would love to hear y'all's thoughts and, you know, how you've managed or maybe, I don't know, I feel like our little older generation than us, like people who are like 50 to 65, like my, or my and 50 and up actually, yeah. I should say our parents age don't really have this cause they never had it. So they're not used to it. I mean, my mom like doesn't even know her phone is half the Yes, time. exactly. She'll be like, it'll like start ringing. And she's like, is that my phone? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I had to run over to another room to get it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. So that's the, f- that is one of my, but you know what though? That's one of my favorite things about hanging my mom mm-hmm. is she's very locked in. Yeah. She's asking questions. I mean, yeah. maybe that's just a mom thing, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, yeah, it feels good yeah. to have attention. So yeah, I'm curious as to people who are listening, if you're in, if you are 45 plus, if this is not a thing for you or if you are, or if it is, um, just curious as to how you feel about it or how you manage it and what your rules are around it. If you have rules and I don't know, I was talking to my brother, he's got six kids and I was asking him about rules, his kids rules with the phone. And I, I'm also curious to parents Mm. of how you're teaching this because I think it's really tricky and we weren't born with phone. Like you said, you got yours in smartphones. We got it in 2010. We're well, well out of college, but for the younger generation who's had it since high school or earlier, I'm curious as to how they're dealing with it too. So would love to hear your thoughts. Um, you yep. can post in the private Facebook group. You can go to the bestlifepodcast.com and there's a link to join there. Also, all of our episodes are there and there's a little search bar. So if you just have a question, I, somebody DM'd me actually asking about a specific topic, which we had done. And so all I did was went to the bestlifepodcast.com. I went to episodes and I typed in the word and I sent her the link, but you can do that yourself. If you just have a word, literally like affairs or communication, whatever, you can find all of those episodes on the website and, um, and on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen, but check it out. And the link to the 
Facebook group is there, please post in the group and we can have a conversation around this. And I know I would love to hear your perspective. Um, and I'm sure other people as well would love to hear it. Yep. It's a good one. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time, attention, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye y'all. Bye guys.